Welcome to Ira's Everything Bagel, where I talk with intriguing people about everything, their passions, pursuits, and points of view. Many people think of Las Vegas as the magic capital of the world, or perhaps Hollywood because of the popularity and history of the magic castle there, but the real magic capital of the world is Colon, Michigan, home to the Abbott's Magic Company, and for four days each year, and this year, August 4th through the 7th, home to the Abbott Magic Get-Together, and it's the 83rd Get-Together. It's the time when top performers and lecturers converge in the small town and make it magical. My guest, Greg Bordner, is the owner of Abbott's Magic Company, which presents the get-together. For everything about Abbott's, go to abbottmagic.com and magicgettogether.com, and you can follow them on Twitter and Instagram. And Greg, welcome to the show. Oh, yes. Hello. Hello. Yes. Tell us a little bit about your background, because your dad was a partner initially in Abbott's, and then, of course, he brought you into the mix. So give us, our listeners, a little sense of the history of Abbott, if you wouldn't mind. Well, sure. Uh, well, it really goes back to Blackstone Sr. He came to town in uh, 1926. Uh, he was a famous magician from around the world, uh, performing in vaudeville. And then uh, other magicians came here in Colon. Uh, one of them was Percy Abbott. Uh, they briefly worked together in the Blackstone Magic Company, and then uh, they had a falling out. And in 1934, my father and Percy started up the Abbott Magic Company, and they had a get-together. So uh, from 1926 to now, it's almost 100 years since there's been magic here in Colon. Actually, uh, I live in the suburbs. I live in semicolon. That's the cleanest <laughs> one I can tell. <laughs> There's a lot of bad jokes here. How, <laughs> I may go into a coma. <laughs> no, that's great. The town itself, how big is it? Give us a sense of the town for people who have never been well, there, including it's, myself. It's about a thousand people. We have one blinking light. We don't have any fast food places here. We do have a couple of bars and a couple of gas stations and an American Legion and a dentist and a pharmacy and a regular uh, little store. And then once a year, all of a sudden you're inundated with magicians. Yeah, sort of like when the buzzards come back to Hinkley, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now the town, now I'm going to throw in a little joke about the town being so small that both city limit signs are on the same post. Oh, yes, we've used that one before. Yes, I would imagine <laughs> so. Are you amazed when the town changes over that once a year when you get to get together and oh, it truly is the magic capital of the world for one week out of the year. The, yes. Vegas is really the entertainment capital of the world, and they, they toyed with the idea of calling it the magic capital of the world. But really, Colon is at least one week out of the year the magic capital, yes. Tell us a little bit about the activities. Before we get into the actual get-together, just what fascinates me is your operation there, because it's not just a little one-room magic store. You know, when I grew up, I was visiting magic stores in LA and they were usually small and crowded and full of props and all kinds of interesting books and things. But no, you're a major manufacturer of magic. Can you give us a sense of scope for our listeners who may not be that involved in the world of magic, but are fascinated by the fact that there is a place that makes all these things? We've made magic tricks here since 1934. Some of them as big as the buzzsaw, uh, we did make a vanishing elephant once for television back in the day when we had more employees. But, oh, yes, we've made a, a quite a few uh, feather flower tricks, just all, any number of tricks. So actually, they came up with the, the old Abbott catalogs, 
would have hundreds and hundreds of new tricks in it every every time they put one out. But we really haven't printed a catalog, but with the Internet age that we're in. But, yes, they were big, thick, like the Sears and Roebuck catalog. Johnny Carson, it was his favorite book to read when he was growing up. And his favorite Christmas present was a magic table here from Abbott's. So, yes, we've been here for a very long time and very inventive and per- uh, not purchased. <laughs> we do that, too. But we really do manufacture and have for years many different styles of magic tricks from close up to the buzzsaw. So when you manufacture the magic tricks, are they both for the what I would call the consumer trade? In other words, you would walk into a magic store, you would order it, and it's for the average person that wants to play with magic. And then on the other well, hand, you you fabricate major illusions for professional magicians. Right, right. It's, well, how much money you got. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, if you're a lawyer, and you, actually I was told that was that King Farouk over there in Egypt ordered uh, one of every illusion we made and had them shipped to Italy, and then he went over and visited just to see how the tricks were done, just because he he was just curious as to how they were done. And I don't know what he did with them, if he stored them or where they went, but that was definitely before my time. So, yes, we sell the, if you're buying, it's flying. Anybody that wants one. He probably didn't order the vanishing mummy, I would think. <laughs> well, I, there is a mummy case we made. Oh, there you go. Maybe he <laughs> ordered one of those. <laughs> he could bring it to the pyramids. <laughs> that, yeah. that could work. How do you how do you retain your sense of wonder? You have a great sense of humor. How do you retain your sense of wonder working within that world? Well, you uh, have to be happy to be alive, number one. And even though it's a six-year-old and an eight-year-old and their mom wants them to buy something and it's agony trying to get the money out of them. <laughs> so you have to always look at the bright side. Yeah. Well, were you expecting to go into the family business when you were younger? Well, not really. I wasn't really fascinated by magic. I was always kind of disappointed when I found out how the tricks were done. But then I realized that there's a whole aura to this. It's almost like a, like an art form of opera or some people just collect these older magic tricks that were manufactured for, well, we go way back. But then there's just a whole following, especially like uh, live shows. That'll be wonderful to have that again. But, uh, yeah, there's just a whole aura about the field of magic. If you don't know much about it, you can, well, now you just <laughs> Google it, and there's your <laughs> how the trick works. <laughs> but, yeah. It's, it is a, a little bit of mystery. You're really better off if you don't know exactly how it's done. It does add a, a, a very mysterious attitude towards some very basic things. Greg, do you find it ironic that even in this, t- as you mentioned, the Internet, and you can really look at things and see how they're done online, you going to YouTube and other places, are you yeah. still amazed that people will continue to learn about magic and order magic from you and other suppliers? Oh, yes. I mean, the curiosity is still there. You know, in the old days, if you wanted to know how something was done, you got a book. <laughs> well, that's, it's hard to sell books in this day and age, although I still have quite a variety of them to choose from. But, uh, yes, it was the only way to learn in the old days was just you get a book and, and you read it from cover to cover, and then you get another book. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's completely different now. It's, uh, everything is on your phone. Sure. How does it work? With, again, we'll get into the get-together in just a minute, but I'm fascinated about the process of living in or working in in Colon, Michigan, and you re, I'm sure all of a sudden people show up 
and they want to buy an illusion or a magic trick, do you ever ask them where they're from? In other words, how do they find their way to Colon, Michigan? Oh, well, I mean, we've been advertising, you know, for over 80 years here. We used to publish a magazine here in the basement called Tops Magazine, and then word of mouth, of course. And we would, uh, there were other magic magazines back in the day, and we would take ads out in there. So, yeah, Abbott's has been around for a very long time. And as I said, with Johnny Carson and the catalog, you know, we 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 advertised in Boys Life magazine. You got a free little tiny catalog if you just sent in a your name and address and a stamp. <laughs> We'd mail out these little flyers with tricks you could buy, you know, uh, hot gum or, you know, snapper gum and then maybe some finger choppers and some other things and, you know, anything from 50 cents to a dollar and, you know, people would save their chicken and egg money and send it in, and we'd send them some magic tricks. But the people that show up at your place, though, they would have to navigate a little bit to get there. It's not as if you're on a major thoroughfare. Well, yeah, but people used to use maps. <laughs> yes. I know I know they can find you. It's just you're not exactly in the middle of anything, right? Well, we're halfway between Detroit and Chicago. Well, okay, so right halfway. at the very end, bottom of... Uh, the state of Michigan. Uh, we're right where the corner of Indiana and Ohio come together. So, uh, you know, it's not, it is remote. <laughs> I yeah. will say that. There you go. Yeah, That's, that, that was my point. Yeah. Tell us who the most exciting person you met in all your years working in magic. In other words, someone that came to the property and you weren't necessarily expecting him or her, but they're there and you're surprised and excited. Oh, I, I guess that would be Muhammad Ali. You know, he would just drop in. He had a place over on the St. Joe River not far from here. And back in the day, he'd have his driver just come by, and he'd hang out, and it would, he'd pull practical jokes on people, and he just uh, he was a lot of fun to be around. And he loved seeing the public, too, I would imagine, that would come into the into the place. Oh, yes. You know, everybody was <laughs> stunned. I mean, he used to do a little thing where he would levitate, you know, uh, <laughs> And they'd say they saw Muhammad Ali levitate in Colton, Michigan, right here on the bridge. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was like it was a religious experience. <laughs> for people yeah. who for people who are coming down there, give us a sense of would you offer a tour of all of the the factory, not just the store, or are they limited to the store, or how does that work? Well, well, they are limited to the store. No, the I mean it's still drill presses and saws and paint and screwdrivers. No, that's. That's not nearly as exciting unless you're really into magic. No, that's all off limits. The insurance doesn't want us to go down there, bring anybody downstairs. So, no, we, we just keep it to the showroom. Yes. Uh, that makes sense. Let's talk a little bit about the get-together. Now, I mentioned earlier how many years it's been part of the Abbott history. Do you foresee it continuing indefinitely? Well... I don't see myself going on indefinitely. <laughs> well, nobody does. <laughs> I don't see myself going either. <laughs> that would be a trick. <laughs> this I is <laughs> the fountain of youth to David Copperfield. <laughs> anyway, well, no, well, yes. I mean, we've been doing this since 1934. It's still in the family. But uh, yeah, we we there's anything can happen. We're, right now, we're just concentrating on getting through one more year. And this is the 83rd one. I mentioned to you, and I haven't mentioned to our listeners yet, but some of the people involved 
and they stem from Las Vegas, where I am based, Lance Burton, Mac King, Fielding West, and others. There's a nexus or a connection between Las Vegas and Colon, Michigan. And of course, they're going to be participating in the yes. current presentation. Yeah, well, actually, one of the terms I, I use a lot is it's like Vegas comes to Mayberry. <laughs> this year, it really is. <laughs> And it really is like Mayberry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what, oh, yes. Uh, Jeff Hobson, uh, Kevin James, people that have been on big-name magic shows. It's, it's just one star after another. It's, it's quite the lineup this year. And how is it that Mayberry attracts the big city? In other words, Lance oh. and Mac and Fielding and Jeff, what brings them? They know it's the magic capital of the world, but it's still a little bit of a jaunt to get there. It's not exactly close to Las Vegas. In their youth, they were uh, in our contest, and they came in first, second, and third. And it was so moving in their life of deciding to be magicians for the rest of their life that they've, they've always had a soft spot, so to speak, for Colin and Abbott's magic. That goes back to when my dad was in charge, when they were in the contest, and they were just teenagers. So uh, coming, you know, placing here at the Abbott contest was, very emotional, and has meant something to them all their lives. It was a stepping stone towards success. Yeah, it makes sense. When you see the people coming in each year, Greg, for the get-together, do the types of people that come change? I guess what I mean by that is more amateurs than professionals or a mix of the two, younger, older, etc.? Well, it's a mix. There's always youngsters, and uh, there's definitely many older people now. <laughs> just uh, that have always come here and uh, year after year it becomes like a uh, 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 I call it a mecca of magic but they're they're just drawn back and the get together is the time to be here it's like a reunion isn't it yeah it's like a family reunion you don't mind going to and the funny part about this too when I was talking to Fielding West about this months ago about the event and I, I was thinking about going as well he very plainly made the point that the housing situation is a, lit, is a bit challenging. Huh. Well, yes. <laughs> There's no hotels, no motels. People take people into their homes. There are hotels like 15 miles away in Coldwater, Sturgis, Three Rivers, you know, real name chain hotels where you can stay. And then there's a few places, the cabins, and now with this with VBR, whatever it is, <laughs> vacation, whatever it is online, people... Uh, have decided to rent their homes that didn't before. It's it's well, actually, we've always had people in town that would take magicians in, so it almost becomes uh, like part of their family as well. But now it's a new age, so everything goes through online. Sure, and becomes Airbnb and everything else that you can think yeah, of. Yeah, that's it. I would imagine some people even drive or rent an RV and and park it somewhere in Colon, so they can just stay there and not have to worry about a room. That's absolutely right. We've got a magician coming in from Portland, Oregon. Uh, David Charvet, he's flying into Chicago, and he's going to rent an RV and drive it over and park it. Yeah, yeah makes sense, especially for four days. Give us a sense of what goes on at the get-together, because it is four days. It's not something that's going to be done in a day, and then everybody rushes off. They're there for the duration. So give us a you don't have to give us all the details of each day, but well, just a sense of what goes on for our listeners. Well, there's the evening shows. They start at 8 o'clock. And then they go to about 10, 10.30. And then afterwards, we have a dealer's room where we have magic other dealers besides Abbott's where we sell things. 
And then we have like awards and contests. People around town take magicians into their homes. There's uh, the street of cards. Every Friday and Saturday night, the youngsters go right downtown Colon there by the blinking light, and they try to throw cards across the street to see if they can make it. You know, other magicians that are really good at throwing cards, they uh, they can do it, and uh, they always let the amateurs try for a while, and then they show them how it's really done. <laughs> they can actually land it on the roof uh, <laughs> uh, across the street on a three-story building. Are the locals... I know they're hospitable, but are they blasé about the event because it happens every year and, and they're always there anyway? <laughs> yeah, there is some of that. A lady who's now a teacher said to me that she was new to Colon and she was helping the Girl Scouts sell uh, popcorn. And she'd never been here before to the get-together. And she sold a bag and the guy handed her flaming quarters. <laughs> she was so amazed and all the other girls said, Oh, he's just a magician. Don't think anything about it. <laughs> and she she didn't stay long in Cola, but it was long enough that she's always had that lasting impression of flaming quarters. <laughs> That's great. Has there, has there any been anybody that lived in Colon or grew up in Col- Colon that ended up becoming a magician and traveled a professional circuit? Oh, boy. Nothing really comes to mind, uh, especially this last year. Everything was shut down. Sure. <laughs> I was just thinking there might be one or two people that were influenced by the yearly get-together and, and maybe somebody oh, well, decided to. we've had a number of people from Grand Rapids and Detroit and Ohio that have come up here and they've studied magic uh, courses that we used to put on. There's been a number of uh, amateurs that have polished their skills and then become professionals. Some have become truck drivers. Some become successful magicians. It's It's been quite a variety of people through here. Do you find that there's one profession that lends itself to being amateur magician? So, for example, a doctor or a lawyer? Well, yeah, if you've got money, <laughs> then you could have an an expensive hobby and buy some tricks and just play with them. <laughs> right. Sure. People but, with money. But then there's, a, like as I said before, people in the old days, they'd sell the chicken and egg money so that they could buy a few magic tricks and, you know, just entertain their kids or their grandchildren or, you know, maybe put on a few paid shows just to get some more magic tricks. Well, I was thinking, too, that people who are not necessarily professionals and they don't have the money for big illusions, they could certainly buy a deck of cards and perform a lot of magic tricks. Oh, yeah. Svengali deck, you know, is 10 bucks. Right, exactly. It still works to this day. Yes. The invisible deck is my favorite, but... Oh, yeah, that's also $10. <laughs> there you go. A lot of those. <laughs> but I'm thinking even a regular deck of cards, there are certainly books. Again, we went back to the subject of books. There was the John Scarney books, and there was several that oh, yes. have to do with, with sleight of hand magic or even card magic for people who don't know how to do sleight of hand. Oh, yes, yes. If you've got the patience to learn it from a book and then have someone show you from time to time how to improve your skills, yeah, you you, you catch on fast. And people really are gullible. (laughs) If you've never seen a magician before, I I can even entertain them. (laughs) Well, you're entertaining us right now, so we're we're glad about that. I'm glad about that you're entertaining our audience. I'm going to put you on the spot, Greg, and see if I can get you to name your favorite magician alive or not alive. How about that? Sure. Who would that uh, be? I would get, well, David Copperfield is a billionaire. I mean, if you judge people by how much money they make, you know, he works every day in Vegas, two shows a day and a matinee on Saturday. 
I don't know anybody else that's willing to put on 22 shows a week and never take a day off. That is I mean, amazing. That just amazes me. Yeah, but that's but that's a money consideration, Greg. I'm thinking about just in general, and it could be someone from the past as well, who you thought was the most outstanding magician to you personally. Well, that would be the Blackstones. I saw in my youth, <laughs> senior, and then I was friends with junior, and you know that was, either one was put on a great show, and they were like historic. Blackstone Senior was actually a rival of Houdini's. They say that Blackstone show was much magic show was much better than Houdini's. I mean, uh, Blackstone had the vanishing pony and a camel, and I know Houdini did the elephant briefly in New York City, but yeah, Blackstone Senior also vanished a elephant on the road. So yeah, that's that's not easy. How about your dad? How about his view of the, his favorite magician? Did he share well, it with you? Well, <laughs> that was. Uh, Another ball game altogether. He goes way, way back, but gosh, it's been so long since I've talked to him, I don't really have an answer for that one. Okay. I just thought maybe he had shared it with you when you were growing up, and it always stuck in your in your mind, and that's Well, you know, we always like good customers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it Do does you, seem to be the American way, you know. It does. Do you see, because it is a family business, do you see yourself and perhaps any kids you have continuing that family business or do you, do you think at some point you're going to get swallowed up by i don't know lance burton enterprises or huh, igt well, anything or... can happen I, <laughs> no, my kids have real jobs <laughs> you you think what you do is is more illusionary right well yeah i i do have fun i do have fun doing like for that eight-year-old and the six-year-old you know they laugh you know it, it's that it is fun to watch people laugh. Yes. Do you at all concern yourself with creating new magic illusions, or do you have someone that comes to you, or perhaps an employee, and suggests an idea for an illusion, and then you give the go-ahead? Well, we used to do that, but we haven't done it that way in quite a while. It's it's just so much easier to buy things in and ship them out, <laughs> keep things flowing that way. But occasionally, don't you get someone that comes in and says, listen, I have an idea for an illusion, but it's going to take some fabricating and you have the, the machinery yeah, for it? occasionally that does happen. Right. But, you know, that takes real work. <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot again. From your perspective, and you've been in the business a long time, and so is your, obviously your family, the most amazing illusion that you carry and that you sell from at any point in time? Whoosh. Well, there's been a lot of them. <laughs> really, it's it's all in the presentation. I mean, we used to make a trick called the drum, but you have to have your angles right, and you know uh, that it, when it's done properly, it's it's amazing that a girl comes out of an empty drum. It was shown empty, and then girl gets out of it. You know, there's just anything is if properly presented. The basket girl illusion. Again, it's it's practice and and wanting to be successful that that makes it happen because after all you could have a great illusion but if you're not people here's what and correct me if i'm wrong greg but what happens is that people will buy an illusion and then they won't rehearse it and uh -huh. then or I practice it and uh, then i know <laughs> and then and then they present it to a friend or a family member who yeah. immediately either sees through it or says that was kind of sloppy and so uh, it, it, yes, it well, ruins the illusion, and I assume that that happens quite a bit. 
Uh, life's too short to watch bad magic. <laughs> I love that. That's a bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were more magicians. Than <laughs> but you uh, noticed it, I'm uh, sure, right, when you're selling that stuff that all of a sudden... Uh, well, you know, I've got a show Saturday. Can you get it here to me by Friday? <laughs> and I cringe and I take the money. <laughs> and I overnight the prop. So even from Colon, Michigan, you can overnight something? If you get me early in the day. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> you mentioned Muhammad Ali was one of the most interesting people to come by the operation. Do you have another one that comes to mind that you think of that you were surprised to see initially? Well, there's a lot of magicians have just stopped in, but they're not really very famous to the general public. Well, I mean, a, I mean a non-magician, uh, someone at the level of a Muhammad Ali, oh. or maybe it's a politician, or maybe it's oh, just someone Senator that's Senator Levin. He was from Grand Rapids. He was big a number of years ago. He uh, he stopped in. Uh, he was friends with Harry Blackstone Jr. They went to uh, college together. They were roommates. So and that, he just stopped in, and it's like, wow, I see you on CNN all the time. So that was I vote uh, for you for president twice. That was Senator <laughs> Senator you never Car ran right. That was Senator Carl Levin, right? Correct. Yeah, correct. He he actually got Colin denoted as the magic capital of the world on the U.S. Senate floor. Excellent. That's the way to do got it. That framed and just inside the door here. Did you, and because, you know, you could get very easily, and that's what's the word, blasé. You could get blasé about these things, but did you take a picture with the senator? Oh, I didn't even take a picture with Muhammad Ali. Oh. <laughs> I'm just Greg. not into oh. famous. I'm just not. No, but that would have been a great photo for the, oh. when you first oh, walk yeah. in and you see it framed on the wall. I know. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm making you feel bad. Sorry about that. <laughs> that's okay, but I still make little kids laugh. Before I let you go, what's the most exciting experience you've had running this operation and or the get-together? So either Abbott Magic or the get-together. Wow. Well, uh, I guess the get-together was when you get a standing ovation for somebody up there on the stage. That makes you feel good. The money's not an object when that happens. When the audience goes wild and leap to their feet, now you know you've done a good job. And that's the secret, isn't it? In other words, money obviously is important from a business standpoint, but you're looking at it also from the viewpoint of the art. Oh, yes. Like Lance Burton. He has a following, a huge following. He's been so famous in magic for so long that he retired, but people still want to see him. They are going to leap to their feet. All he has to do is walk on stage, take a bow, and leave. They'd all be happy. <laughs> you know? He's, he's that famous in the magic world. And he's still, and delightfully so, still doing his magic. He's on tour right now. And yes, it, yes. I'm glad to see that. He was just in a, uh, a casino out uh, in the Dakotas. And right. I think he's got a casino booked after this uh, get-together as well. Exactly, along with Fielding West and a whole group of yes, fellow magicians and great guys. great guys. Any one of them can put on a great show. Before I let you go, last question I promise, and that is, how do you see the future of magic from your perspective as owner of Abbott's? Well, it's never going to die. I mean, it's not a vanishing art. It's not going to go away. <laughs> I'm always, I'm very positive it's going to continue on. Whether Abbott's is here or not, I don't know. And it doesn't really matter because there's always going to be magicians and if people pulling a coin out from behind some young man's ear, it's still going to go on. 
Well, that's a great way to leave it. My guest has been Greg Bordner, the owner of Abbott's Magic Company, which presents the Abbott Magic Get-Together this year on August 4th through the 7th. For everything about Abbott's, go to abbottmagic.com and magicgettogether.com, and you can follow them on Twitter and Instagram. Greg, thanks for being on the show. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. And join us every Thursday for a new schmear on Ira's Everything Bagel.